Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our heat writer at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on? Did you know that Max Schroes did a three-pointer that was overturned? Had you, did you hear about that story? I did hear about that. Yeah. How are you, I David? heard about a lot over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, uh, we are recording a, a couple of days after the Heat season ended. In a dramatic fashion, I guess is one way to put it. Um, one of the strangest conference final series I can remember um, for a long time. It was like the worst seven-game series of all time. And then it suddenly, for the last, really the last two games, um, became an epic. It was, a, it was a legitimate epic. Obviously, the Heat comes up short. That Max Struess overturned three, certainly part of it. Um Tyler Hero and P.J. Tucker injuries, certainly part of it. Uh, the Heat's sudden uh, collective failure to shoot a three-pointer is certainly part of it. Um, and weirdly, uh, a lot of the, the issues I think we expected for the Heat at the start of the season uh, kind of reared their head after, you know, we talked about the depth so much early in the year. Eventually, the Heat just kind of ran out of bodies. We talked about... The, the age concern with guys like Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler, and at various points in this series, those guys look very old. So a lot of the, the concerns that we had early in the year and kind of vanished throughout the year reared their head in the end. Um, obviously, uh, the Heat, it was kind of interesting to, to, to talk to the Heat after the game, and obviously you talked to them yesterday. It was like definitely kind of a feeling of like, oh man, we could have, we should have won this series, could have won this series, but it was yeah. also like, it doesn't feel like there was like deep, deep regret. It was like kind of they they left it all out there. The Celtics in the end were better, healthier than them in the moments where it really mattered. We'll talk about all that, but first, um, I feel like we just kind of need to appreciate that series and the way. Like I said, obviously, other than Game Three, which was the weird Jimmy Butler gets hurt, he'd hang on for dear life down the stretch to win in Boston. Other than that game, which was weird in its own ways, the first five games of the series were all pretty much duds. And then over the weekend, we get Jimmy Butler on Thursday channeling 2012 LeBron James and going for 47 to keep the Heat alive. And then um, on Sunday, probably not quite as much of an epic, but obviously it comes down to Jimmy Butler gets a chance to win it at the buzzer after what would have probably been the craziest comeback in NBA playoff history down the stretch. Um, so first of all, I'm just thankful we got some good games to finish this out. And that is, yeah. you know, we, we almost got an all timer in, in game seven. Yeah. I, I think this is like one of the rare times a team gets eliminated and like nobody's killing them. Right. It's yeah. almost like, congrats. Like that was a great season. You guys left it all out there. You tried as hard as you could. It came down to one shot. You missed it. Season over. It is what it is. Right. Um, obviously the Heat are disappointed that, you know, they were so close. Anytime you're that close to, getting to the finals and you fall short after all that you put into it. Mm-hmm. It's tough. I mean, it, it sucks. Like for lack of a better term, it, like you could tell guys are really disappointed, right. but at the same time, I think they know they were so close. They know that they were, I mean, Boston was hurt too, but right. who knows if Tyler Hero's healthy for or most PJ of that Tucker series. can play the second half. If PJ Tucker can play the second half, if, if Jimmy doesn't run into that knee injury and he, you know, t- Turn in two of his worst playoff games in recent history, um, and where he couldn't, he barely could move in games four and five. Um, if if he plays better, maybe they win one of those games, right? right? So, you know, it's it's almost like you know there are so many things working against the Heat. It still came down to one shot. It just didn't go in, um, and the Heat move on, you know. But 
I think, you know, they didn't accomplish their overall goal, but they definitely exceeded expectations. I mean, when you consider where we thought they would be at the, before the before the season, where we thought Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philly, even Atlanta might be better than the Heat, and they finish as the second-best team in the East, one shot away from advancing to the finals. Um, it was, in my eyes, I don't think you can really have any complaints. It was a successful season. And you put it, and I, to me, it's just even amazing. It's incredible that they're even that close when they shot 30% on threes in the series. Right. Like, yeah. how does, I don't even know, like, that's the weirdest thing to me about this. Series. If you tell me he was shooting 30% in the East Finals, I say they get swept, probably. But yeah. Jimmy was that good. Yeah, I mean, it's all about Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Um, and the defense. Jimmy and the defense. And the defense, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we'll get to all that. I don't, there's, like, a million different directions we can go to start. I think, you know, what, what you mentioned where it's, like, they lost in the conference finals and no one's killing them. Um, I think it is. And I feel like the same thing kind of happens with Jimmy Butler. where like all these other top 10 guys. And that's what Jimmy Butler proved once again, that he is, he's a top 10 guy in this league, at least until maybe like Kawhi Leonard and some of these other guys can kind of prove they're still what they, they were pre their injuries. Um, most of those guys, if they had two games like Jimmy had in games uh, four and games five, I'm going to excuse him in game three because he was actually pretty good, if I remember correctly, in the first half. And then he was okay. He wasn't that great. Yeah, it wasn't he, like he, terrible. He, it wasn't. You can tell game, him he was bothering him, and yeah, yeah, it, like, it wasn't like game four and game five where right. uh, game five he was like non-existent, basically. Um, I didn't see game four, I think, because that was the night the Panthers got eliminated, and I never felt the need to go back and rewatch it. Hmm. Um, I don't blame you. Yeah, but. Uh, I think it's the fact that, you know, you never feel like Jimmy's, like, dogging it, right? And that was the kind of the case with this whole team. You never felt like this team – guys get you know, the guys who get killed are the James Hardens, the, the Ben Simmons, the guys who you, you can watch a game and you're like, are they even trying hard out there? Like, what like, – or have they been try, have they been working hard in the offseason? You never get that sense, obviously, with Jimmy Butler above all else. And really with no one on this team, this team really kind of maximized – I think it's ability and, you know, this obviously diff, this team is different than the team that was in the bubble. The Celtics team is different than the one that was in the bubble. But, like, those two teams are really even. And uh, they're one and one now when they play each other in the playoffs with their, you know, both guys. Both teams obviously still the same top two guys, for the most part the same cores. Um, they're, they're really even. And sometimes you lose to a team that you're as good as, and sometimes you beat a team you're as good as. And that, that is the way I think most people feel coming out of this series. I think, you know, obviously Milwaukee is, is right there. And if Chris Middleton doesn't get hurt, maybe they're the, the team that's yeah. in the finals. But like going into next year, you know, we talked about it so much in the beginning of the season. Like, where does the Heat fit in that hierarchy? Like you said, and I think, you know, Milwaukee was kind of viewed as a cut above everyone else. Obviously, you had Boston, you had you had Philly, um, you mentioned Atlanta. I mean, to me, it's Brooklyn, obviously which, a lot. I don't know. Brooklyn, right? Who knows? Yeah. To me, like Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, those, those are the teams that right now kind of run the Eastern Conference, and that is what yeah, I agree. this Heat run proved it. Obviously, Brooklyn is always going to be the wild card asterisk team in there, but, but these three teams, obviously, they're the, the last three representatives for the East in the finals. Um, and have combined to, you know, be in the conference finals at least. You know, obviously the Heat and Celtics have done it twice now. Uh, Milwaukee, like I said, did it two years ago and probably maybe would have if, if Middleton didn't get hurt. Those are the three teams that, that run this conference. Yeah, I agree. And, and to your point about the Heat, like, never dogging it, I mean, to their last breath, 
they did, they like were putting they, they did not give up. They were down thirteen with three thirty five left. Right. Put together an eleven zero run to get it to two half possession. Jimmy, you know, takes that pull up three, which I I I'm fine with. I think that's yeah. A that's, that's I guess the next next time yeah. was that three. But finish what you were saying. But yeah, so like they. They, you, you can't, you can't, to me, you just can't criticize them too much. I mean, yeah, there are little things you could pick and nitpick at, but they were right there with everything they went through all season, with all the injuries they faced in the playoffs. Yes, only Tyler Hero was missing in game seven, but PJ Tucker was obviously dealing with injuries. Mm-hmm. Max Schroes had the hamstring injury, which he was asked at exit interviews how much that was an issue, like after the fact, like, can, can you, can you kind of reveal? And he just smiled and said, I'm fine. Um, but he was dealing with something. He didn't shoot the ball well. Um, Kyle Lowry obviously was dealing with a hamstring injury. I mean, and again, and, and Jimmy was playing on the knee. So the fact that it was that close, I think, is impressive, honestly, um, because considering the circumstances, that he probably should have lost that series like in five games, I think, and how poorly they played offensively as well. Yeah, I mean, certainly games, they like kind of no business winning game six the way that yeah. we thought we recorded right after game five last week. And, you know, we said there was a possibility they could win basically if they shot the lights out or if, if Jimmy Butler like suddenly miraculously like stopped looking like he did in the two previous games. But, you know, we, we thought there was, you know, a pretty slim chance they were getting this series back to Miami. Uh, obviously, whatever happened with Jimmy between game game five and game six cha- changed everything. But, um, yeah, you know, we everyone felt that way. Heat fan, like people are gonna like feel like, oh, everyone counted the Heat out. Heat fans felt that way. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, I'm, I'm glad you, Donis, um, went at Draymond and not us, because on the <laughs> podcast we were like, I remember, I'm like, this is the end of the road. It's over. I mean, obviously they ended up losing the series, but yeah, I did not think that thing was coming home for Game Seven at all. Right. Um, Draymond was not the only one who said that. Uh, I would say 99 percent of the basketball world believed. Um, this series was over in six. So, yeah. yeah, the fact that he won that game behind an incredible Jimmy Butler performance, one of the best playoff performances, not only in Heat history, ever, but considering the circumstances, ever, and he shot over 40%, which is usually, they don't usually, I think they have two losses all season when they shoot over 40%. That's usually, you know, they win that game, most likely, and then you put together Jimmy's performance. Um, yeah, they, you know, they, they did what they needed to do to win in, on the road. It's just a shame that obviously they couldn't get it done in Game 7. But even coming back for Game 7, I was just like, so much needs to go right. Right, they were playing with such a slimmer margin. Yeah. And then the Celtics was kind of the difference in the series. And everyone, you know, I feel like the prevailing, like, the cliche you heard national people talk about all series was the Celtics are the better team, the Heat are the tougher team. Toughness is skill. Like, that's a skill, that's a strength. That's Jimmy Butler's greatest skill. Like, if you're like, Jimmy Butler's not that good, he's just tough. Like, that totally, like... You're just missing the entire point there. Um, And that was ultimately kind of what it came down to, though, was like, sure, Jason Tatum is better at shooting jump shots and, like, making tough – he's not even better at making tough shots than Jimmy Butler. He's better at making jump shots than Jimmy Butler. But, like, that doesn't – that, like, ignores what Jimmy Butler is great at. That's being like – LeBron – that would be being like, Shaq's not good, he's just big. Or Giannis. Giannis got that criticism even last year. He's not good, he's just big. Like that's a skill, that's a, that's an ability, and and the Heat have that obviously. And you saw it, like you said, right down to the end where we almost got the craziest comeback in NBA playoff history, probably. And, the, and, and one of the biggest choke jobs on the other side. Oh, Can you yeah. imagine? Like now everyone's praising the Celtics, but if that three goes in, which is out of the Boston's control, obviously, because that was an open shot. 
if that yeah. that three goes in, Jimmy Butler wins the MVP of the Eastern Conference Finals, and Boston's looked at as like one of the biggest, you know, having one of the biggest choke jobs in the entire, you know, playoff history. Right. Um, to give away a 13-point lead in, in the last three minutes against an injured team, which almost everybody thought was, you know, the Celtics were better than the Heat to lose that series like that. That would have been disastrous. It's just amazing how like one shot. I know it shouldn't. It honestly shouldn't because it's they had no control over it. But how one shot could just totally flip the narrative. Yeah, well, the Celtics. I guess one of the the storylines of them all year is they were pretty bad in crunch time. And as soon as Marcus Smart hoisted that three, I don't know how much time was left on the shot clock. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, the Heat might win this game. And then obviously Jimmy gets a look, and uh, we're three days later now, and I kind of still can't believe it didn't go in, considering the way this... Like, when the ball was in the air, I, I thought I thought it was going in. Um, like you said, would that have been a bigger shot than Ray Allen's three? No, I was, it easily would have been number two, right? It's hard to say it would be bigger than Ray Allen's shot. It'd be more stunning than Ray Allen's shot, yeah. right? Like, when Ray Allen gets the ball there, or that, that like, circumstance, and it's a little bit different. Um, you know, I, I heard a lot of... We, we obviously... There's been a lot of comparison of the LeBron versus Jimmy game six. And they're different because, like, if LeBron doesn't pull off that incredible game six and the Heat lose, it's an all-time choke job, right? Because right. considering it's the big three and all that, um, you know, the Celtics in that game, they felt like they were the underdog. It was totally flipped in this series. Jimmy pulls off that game and all of a sudden the Celtics are, are in the middle of this choke job and, and the Heat are like, you know, they're kind of playing with house money. The Ray Allen shot and that Jimmy shot are kind of similar, right? Where if Ray Allen doesn't make that shot, you know, that's another missed title for the big three. Yeah, they might only end, when we'll end with one title. Whereas this years. was like, if that goes in, it's like unbelievable. But at the same time, when he gets that look, I think, you know, I think everyone in the building, when that's in the air, thinks it's it's going in. That's a credit to Jimmy, too, because he's not a good three-point shooter at all. No, but he's good at that in shot. Fact, I saw he's like shoots like 40%, I think, on like transition pull-ups really? like that. Um, he's good at that shot. Because he only takes it when he's feeling it, right? Yeah. Yeah, he rarely takes a pull-up three in transition. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, that's not what Jimmy does. But, um, yeah, I, look, he, he played every second of that game. I have no problem, like I said, going with him going for the win. It was an open shot. Yeah, I mean, he explained it I, like he got asked yeah. about it, and he said, I'm going for the win. Like, it's, yeah. it's as simple as that. Right. I mean, do you, yeah, the Heat may, maybe send it to overtime if he makes that, you know, if he hits a layup. Um, and that's not even given. Al Horford's a great defender and yeah. great it's at contesting like at the rim. he's getting an open layup. Like, he's taking no. a weird hook shot or whatever. Like Right. He's he's going up against Al Horford one-on-one. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy could have, you know, finished, but it's not a gimme. Um, so, I I think the three was the right right choice in that situation. Yeah. Uh, one, you can't fault it because it's Jimmy Butler and he did everything. Yes. Uh, exactly. He earned two, that. Yeah, like if you kind of – it felt like by the end of the night the uh, consensus was like, oh, that kind of made sense when you look at it. What, I think he took the shot with, what was it, like 17 seconds left, something like, like that? 16 seconds or something like that, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if he makes that three, obviously the Heat's up one. Celtics have the pressure now on them. Heat are obviously at that point favored in the game. Um, if he makes a two there, Celtics get to hold for the last shot, and like you said, it goes to overtime. Like best case scenario, it's a fifty-fifty game, and really the Celtics are favored because they get that last yeah. shot. So the mat, and obviously Jimmy's not doing all these calculations in his head, but he is thinking like, we are gassed. I've played forty-eight minutes. Bam has played forty-six minutes and ten seconds. Um, Kyle's playing on an injured hamstring. Yeah. <laughs> We have no PJ Tucker. Yeah. If I we have no Tyler Hero. If I miss this, if I make this shot, we are 
probably going to win this game because of how good our defense is. Uh, if I make a two, there's no guarantee. And, like, we, I do not want this to go to overtime. So he's doing yeah. that calculation, obviously, in transition. He gets an open look. PJ, or Al Horford's foot is already in the paint. Um, and we just miss out on, like, an all-time NBA moment. Uh, is that that shot comes up a little short? Yeah, I was I was I was already like envisioning the still from that shot being plastered onto Championship Alley <laughs> at MTX Arena, but instead it would just get lost. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's kind of Jimmy's legacy at this point, right? Is like the valiant defeat. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know the Heat are like I said, I, they're going to be contenders here for a little while, um, but. That was, uh, I don't know, how do you kind of compare, it's kind of funny how similar this wound up being to the finals. Obviously the Valiant defeat aspect of it, um, and then just the injuries all around. Um, obviously this is around earlier, a little bit lower stakes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, well, when, when you think of Jimmy Butler, what, what are you obviously acknowledging that there could win a championship with him here, there could be more runs like this, like, I don't know, what, what is the signature Jimmy Butler series at this point? Like, he legitimately has two of the, I don't know, four or five best in Heat history already? Yeah, I mean, it has to be either that Lakers series or right. Celtics. I mean, it's one of those or, or even Philly. I mean, against Philly, he was great, too, in the second yeah. round. He was incredible in that series. Um, yeah, I, I I think what I've, like, what Jimmy's proven, even though he hasn't won a championship yet, is he can be the best player on a championship team. Yeah. Like, he could, I think that was a big question like with him. Like, okay, he's your best player now, right? But is that good enough to win a title, or do you need somebody better than him, and he has to be the number two? Like, no, Jimmy is good enough to be a number one uh, on a championship team. So, um, A, I think that's, you know, what he's proven a lot over his first three years with the Heat. Um, but, yeah, the injuries are unfortunate because who knows what the Heat would have done in that final series with a healthy Goron and Bam, right? Two of your three best players in that playoff run. And then this year – who knows what the Heat could have done with a healthy Tyler Hero, who's still probably your best scorer. Right. Um, uh, a healthy Kyle Lowry, where he's having to regain his rhythm in the middle of the Eastern Both Conference that, Finals. You know, Kyle Lowry has caught in a lot of, of heat for this series. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think some is. of it is deserved. Like, he does look out of shape, all that kind of stuff. But it's not like like the injury play, like he was good in the regular season. I think I feel like people are forgetting that when he was healthy yeah. at the start of the year, he looked great. Now the obviously there's what is he, thirty thirty six. Thirty six years old. Like yeah. there's a question there's a fair question of is he ever gonna be able to be healthy uh once we get to the conference finals, considering his age and his his physique, I guess for uh to, to put it politely. Um but like it's not like he just stinks. He he was hurt. Yeah, I think people. I, I, I've had this conversation with a lot of people about just you know, is Kyle Lowry's contract all like bad? Is it an issue? You know, he didn't live up to expectations. You know, Gabe Vincent should start. Like he was hurt in the playoffs in the regular season. He's what you expected him to be. Right. I think like did he average twenty five points a game? No, but we, I don't think anybody expected him to do that. He helped make Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo better. He made timely threes. He ran the offense. He was a pretty good, solid defender. Um, Isn't the transition element they really needed? The transition element they really needed? Offenses. Yeah. I mean, he was hurt. I mean, you know, I think that's – it can be seen as an excuse, but it's a legit explanation for yeah. why Kyle Lowry played that way in the playoffs. And, again, he was 
I mean, he obviously game six, he was very good, very helpful, I will say. Yeah. And even in game seven, I, I mean, he bad start, but he, he played was not well like the first girl. I'll also say he was getting some open looks. They were missing some threes. Like he could have yeah. easily had two or three assists in the first five minutes. Um, but you know, he came on down the stretch. Uh, you know, getting those those uh getting fouled at the end of the first half. I think what he had five straight points. Definitely had five straight. I remember in the in game six, maybe had four. I think at the end of the first half of game seven. So he's he's still a I think a, a valuable piece. I mean, we'll we'll talk probably more next week about going into the off season and some of the ways that this team can maybe get better, um, and what that contract with the Duncan contract will mean. But but I mean, if he if you have faith that Kyle Lowry can stay healthy, then I, I don't think you can judge him on what he did in the finals and in the playoffs. Of, but at the same time, I think it is a fair argument to wonder, is he ever going to be able to stay healthy at this age with that body type, all that kind of stuff? I mean, we'll see. With with a full season, summer now, after seeing what it's like to play for the Heat, all that kind of stuff, obviously we know the Heat's famous conditioning tests like, Maybe maybe he comes back in way better shape next year. He kind of has to at this point at his age. Um, you know, point guards a lot of times don't age gracefully. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's going to be a really big summer for him. Um, but I, I'm not I'm not writing him off just because of what he did in these finals. Um, I want to quickly before we wrap up on our finals recap, although we could probably keep going for a, a lot longer considering what these last two games were. Uh, I want to go back to game six. Obviously, a lot of comparisons to the LeBron game. You were not at the LeBron game. Right? Yeah, you were not on the beat yet, obviously, no. in college, probably. I just uh, graduated college, yeah. Just graduated college. Um, you were obviously in the building for this game six, though. You, I'm sure, watched that LeBron game yeah. six very closely as a uh, a young Heat fan. Um, so, well, first of all, what was it like to be in the building for that? I mean, that was legitimately like like you said one of the all-time great playoff performances what second most points ever uh in an elimination game behind only Wilt Chamberlain and honestly any Wilt Chamberlain record like does not feel like it really counts be um, careful be careful I mean Bob he's Coons great, is gonna come he, after you like his numbers are just great like 100 <laughs> yeah. points are you kidding <laughs> I know I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm a Wilt guy but uh, <laughs> you know those numbers all look fake uh, Jimmy did this uh, against the best defense in the league uh, in 2022 uh, on the road, like you said, obviously. Uh, what what was it like in the building for that game? I think everyone was just stunned. It's like we said, I don't think anybody expected the Heat to even be in that game. Everyone, you know, I think that he were nine-point dogs entering game six on the road. Like, the atmosphere was incredible. I think 30 minutes before the game, like even before players took the court, the arena in Boston was full. Everyone was standing up. Everyone was ready to celebrate uh, a Celtics conference championship, their first finals appearance in, like, what, 12 years, I think. Um, and Jimmy just controlled the game from the start. Like, he was just – was that's what reminded me most, like, of the LeBron performance. Right. It's just how in control he was of everything. And it almost felt like he, he was just not losing. Like, yeah. They're just not going to lose this game. talked about it last week with Jimmy. I, th- I think it was last – maybe it was two weeks ago. And the way that – kind of feel like he's going to age gracefully is the way he can just control yeah. tempo, all that kind of stuff. And that was like a master class of that. Yeah. It, it's, it was an epic performance, like pro- definitely Jimmy's probably best playoff performance 
ever. I think it was his playoff career high in points, but just everything else he did as well, the defense, the steals. um, And by the way, all this came with the defensive player of the year defending him for most of the game. Like that's what made it even more impressive. Um, He did this with, and even in game seven, he did it with Marcus Smart on him. Um, So Jimmy was incredible. And for anybody that's complaining about the extension he signed him to last offseason, yeah, maybe in four years when he's making 50 mil, it's not going to look great. But the Heat, if that's what he wanted, the Heat kind of had to do it. Like, what are you going to have, another Dwayne Wade situation where you don't give him what he wants and he wants to trade? Like, the Heat, I think I think he validated it, even though it's gonna, there's still four years left on that deal. I think he validated the, that extension that the Heat decided to sign him to because he is a max player. He yeah. is a top ten player in the league. Yeah, I mean, unless he falls off a cliff, they're going to be a contender here for the next yeah. couple of years. And, you know, that's the price of doing business is you, you lock a guy up for longer probably than – when, when it's an aging superstar, uh, longer than they probably will be worth it because you're banking on winning a title in one of those first couple of years. Um, and I was like – I mean, I'm probably caught up in, like, the cult of Jimmy right now, but, like, I, I kind of think they're going to win a championship with him here. They've been so close. It's, like, hard to believe that he is not. Like, it's hard to imagine Jimmy Butler finishing his career without a championship the way that these these last, you know, two of the last three playoffs have been, especially these playoffs. Um, You know, I think Bam was obviously a kind of up-and-down series, but Game 7, I think, was, like, you kind of feel as good about Bam as you probably ever have coming off of that Game 7, the way that he, again, played 46-plus minutes. Um, was but the number two scorer on the team. I don't have the box score up in front of me. Yeah, now. he was number two. Yeah. I think second in, in field goal attempts in that game too. Like he was kind of the like all the bam that we've kind of been pining for. Again, like with the acknowledgement that he's never probably going to be like Giannis or whatever. Like that was that game was like if Bam can give you that. Obviously not the forty six minutes, but kind of the rest of that box score, just on a more consistent basis. Like I don't think that's asking a ton and. Um, I think, like, you know, between him and, and Jimmy, um, and then they got to kind of figure out the Kyle, like, got to make sure he can stay healthy, stay in shape. Um, I mean, you've got the, a little bit of flexibility um, to, to maybe upgrade. Obviously, Tyler Hero is still really valuable and could, you know, that's going to be something we talk about probably next week, is how good can he get. You got that Duncan, Rob, Duncan Robinson contract, which is, uh, big, but I don't think like unmovable. Like they've they've got some paths here to contend for a title, but kind of it doesn't matter as long as you have Jimmy Butler, you're going to be probably in this mix most years. Yeah, and and we'll talk about this more next week. But I, my f- initial reaction is most of this team will come back. Like yeah. this team will. It'll be obviously a few differences around the edges, but I think this core will be back unless you know everyone's talking about Donovan Mitchell, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal. It's going to take one of those guys demanding a trade um, for any for that to become a possibility. That's out of the Heat's control. There's no big name free agent that Heat are going to can get. They don't have cap space. Yeah, they're going to be it's over a terrible the cap. Free agent class, actually. Bad free agent class. Um, you know, they're you know obviously you hope PJ Tucker comes back. He has a player option. He might opt out and try to get more money, more years from the Heat. Caleb Martin is in you know something that the Heat will have to figure out whether how much they want to pay him. Um, Victor Oladipo, they have his bird rights, so they could pay Victor Oladipo whatever they want, but how much are he willing to go into the tax? These are all offseason questions he's going to have to answer. Um, but I think for the most part, 
they're going to be depending on internal improvement from Tyler mm-hmm. Hero, from Bam Adebayo, from Max Struess, from Gabe Vincent. Um, a healthier team, maybe Kyle playing more games next season. We miss a lot of time because of personal issues. Um, but I think most of this team will be back unless something unexpected happens. And like Donovan Mitchell says, I don't want to be in Utah anymore. But as of right now, that's not the case. Yeah, I do want to talk about the Beal thing probably next in the next couple of weeks because that's the name that still um, makes the most sense. Yeah, and, and and the only thing that he can control right now, they can't control what Beal wants or what Donovan Mitchell right, yeah, wants. Yeah. They can only control like to put themselves in the, in the best position to have an attractive offer if that becomes a realistic uh, scenario for them. And I think, I mean, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. And they can trade two first round picks at this point because of you know yeah. the picks getting locked in the case of follow trade. Is it the be- I don't know if you could argue if it's the best deal at the Wizards guy. I don't know, but it's not a bad offer. Not bad at all. So they're they're they'll be in the game if if something like that becomes available. Now the other question is we should you trade Tyler Hero right. for Bradley Beal? That's another conversation that we'll yeah, probably yeah. have later this offseason. So we before we do you just have any final heat thoughts? Any final final conference finals thoughts before we pivot over to exit day stuff because what you were talking about obviously transitions us pretty yeah. nice. Yeah, I think uh, a guy we haven't talked about that I think, yeah, he has ups and downs in the playoffs, but that was really impressive and I think proved himself as an NBA starter is Max Drews. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Max, not only shooting the ball, he had, a, he had a couple you know good nights from three, but just defensively, he was really impressive. Um, yeah. You look at his advanced metrics and isolation, you know, when teams isolated him, which he defended the most isolations on the team by far mm-hmm. because teams kept hunting him. He fared really well. I think up until game seven, he was allowing like 0.6 something points per possession in isolation situations, which is like among the best in the NBA. Now it's with the help of a lot of great defenders behind him. But the point is Max is not some guy you can just go at and try to take advantage right. of. Like he holds his own. Um, so I think Max, like just from the start of the season to playing in summer league last year to starting the year as a bench player to then becoming a starter on a conference finals team, I think you could argue he was the best story on the roster. Um, and it's just really encouraging for his future with the team. And even more encouraging is he has another minimum deal next season. I know, it's crazy. Which is just incredible. Yeah, uh, one other shout-out along those same lines was Victor Oladipo. Yeah. Uh, which was, you talk, I mean, you talk about Max Strews is the best story on the team. The fact that Victor Oladipo is True. on the court in crunch time of an NBA Finals after everything he's been through, or a conference Finals, sorry, um, is pretty remarkable too. Um, he's going to be an interesting, an interesting one this off season. I think we'll probably talk more about him next week, right? Because he has his bird rights. Um, yes, so they can keep him, but at the same time, I mean, like if he went somewhere where he could like be the guy, like is someone out there going to be like? We think he's headed back toward a, a star trajectory because I think there were flashes of it um, at times in these playoffs, but he clearly, I think, loved being in Miami. So uh, it was really cool to see him have that success. Yeah, spoke spoke kind of praise Victor Oladipo at, at Exit Interview Day. He, he made that same point. just like this guy who really didn't have much practice time, wasn't in the rotation at the end of the regular season, had fallen out of the rotation, wasn't yeah. in the rotation – to start the playoffs. Various points in the playoffs, yeah. He had missed a year, hadn't played many games in like the last three years, and then he's just getting his rhythm in like the middle of the conference finals. And he's trying to play 25 minutes a game. Like that's very, I, that's so unique. Um, and that just says, you know, that just shows you kind of how good Victor Oladipo is that he could even do that and contribute in a situation like that. So, um, yeah, with a full offseason, 
He hasn't had a full offseason in like right. four years. I mean, who knows what Victor Oladipo can be next year. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I would think, you know, it's going to depend, like you said, on what outside offers he gets because the Heat aren't going to want to play a huge tax bill, right? But I would think the Heat will try to keep him, definitely, just because of, you know, his upside. And, B, if you sound like a $10, $11 million deal, that's tradable. That's a, that's an asset. Yeah. You know, Victor Oladipo on a one-year or two-year deal with a starting salary of like 10 or $11 million, like with his upside – that's a very tradable deal if the Heat need to make a move for a big-name guy. Mm-hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings? And more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to stay for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, you, you touched on it, the idea that the Heat, you think they're going to bring most of this roster back. And Eric Spolster on, on uh, exit interview day on Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, yeah. basically said, I kind of want this team to come back. Um, first of all, what did you make of those comments, and does it? How does it compare to the way Spo has talked about other team or other other teams he's had at the end of the year? And you know, to me, it just kind of speaks to like they do feel like that was a toss-up series. Maybe a couple more guys stay healthy. Obviously, that that shot goes in. That's like a what forty percent, thirty-five percent shot or whatever. Like that shot goes in. Everything's different. Um, but what, what did you make of? the way he talked about this team on Tuesday? It's not a surprise because, A, this team was really good, <laughs> very, very good. I mean, they were like you said, they are one shot away from the NBA yeah. Finals. Um, second, it was a very Eric Spolstra-type team, very, like, yes. elite defensively, a lot I mean, of tough like, guys. Like, people, the other, I'd say the, one, the couple of complaints people had after the end of the Finals were like, well, what the heck happened to Kyle Lowry and why, like, you know, Duncan really couldn't get in. But, like, yeah. he had Max Struess, which was Duncan, maybe not as good a shooter as Duncan, but – Dunking with defense, basically. Yeah, right. And and then third, like the other thing I would say to that is, what is Eric Spoelstra going to say in that? I know situation. Like, no, I want a new team. Like this team, I didn't like this team at all. Like, give me some yeah, new guys. Yeah, he's pretty strong about it, right? But, you can like yeah. him and Ha. You can be like, you know, we'll see. You know, it changes right. every offseason. But I like really like this group or whatever. But he was like, is that my guys, right? Yeah, no, this is a very Eric Spoelstra like type team. Very obviously a very gr- good team. So. Yeah, I think it's no surprise that he would want most of these guys back. Um, and again, I think most of them will be back. Um, yeah. This core will probably look very similar um, to last year. You know, I think PJ Tucker, Victor Oladipo, Caleb Martin, like those are the biggest questions that, you know, I, I don't know if Marquise Morris will be back. Um, who else is a free agent? Dwayne Dedman. I mean, Dwayne Dedman, it might depend on how comfortable the Heat feel about having Omer Yurtseven kind of step into that backup center right. role maybe next year. Um, but for the most part, um, unless, like we said, an unexpected guy becomes available, 
and he'd have enough assets to be in that game if if that does happen. Um, I, I think this core will be back next season competing for a championship again. And you think it's the right move? I do because I, I don't know what else. Like, there's again, there's if there was a big name for Asian out there, right. that yeah, yeah. After, but there, I don't know what the other alternative is. Unless, again, unless Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, one of those guys becomes available, I think it's the best, like, their, their best option at this point. Yeah. We said they'll be a contender next year. I don't know if, you know, are they. Are they good enough to win a title? I, I think you could. I, think, I would say yes, but doesn't guarantee anything. But I, I, all you can ask for is to be in the game, and they'll definitely be, you know, on that list of contenders. So um, I, I do think it's the right move. I'll say we're we're in an era now. Like I, the one thing I think people are going to need to like get used to pretty quickly is we are. I don't want to say we're past the super team era because Brooklyn's still out there, but we are past the era where it's the same where it's two teams or three teams above everybody else. Unless, you know, you know, like when it happened with the Warriors, they kind of came out of nowhere. So, I don't know, maybe like Memphis. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe all of a sudden they become a juggernaut. But like Dallas. Yeah, or Dallas. Maybe Dallas gets a superstar next. Like maybe they get Bradley Beal or something. And all of a sudden, like, they're the, the clear team to beat. But we're in an era where going into next year, there's going to be eight teams yeah. that – can win it all. There's, you know, right now, I don't even, is, is Boston the favorite right now? Or is, did, do Golden State stay the favorite? I haven't looked at the odds for the finals. For the finals? Yeah. Golden State's a, a slight favorite. Yeah. So you got Golden State, which is a team that, like, I don't know, does anyone, like, they're not, they're not the Warriors of five years ago. No. Like, their second best player is Andrew Wiggins or Draymond Green, who doesn't yeah. really shoot the ball. Like, the second best team in the league is, is Boston, who Miami just came a shot away from beating. The third best team in the league is either Miami or Dallas or Phoenix. Like we're we're in an era where it is going to be totally up for grabs. Obviously, Milwaukee is is, is the other team that probably is in that that top five, top six. Because again, I think if Middleton's healthy, that we're probably looking at them in the finals right yeah. now. Um, and it, then Brooklyn, just... Brooklyn remains, like I said, the asterisk wild card team. Yeah, but like. The Heat, you know, if you could get Damian Lillard, like, maybe you become the clear favorite. But, like, if you don't get him, it's not like there's another team that has three superstars clumped together. Like, you're yeah. going to be in this this hunt. Um, and sometimes continuity matters. Like, look at Golden State. Continuity matters. The, the reason they are so good is not because Clay is still one of the 15 best players in the league. It's not because Draymond is still one of the 20 best players in the league. Um, it's because those those that groups that particularly Steph, if you have him and you have guys who know how to play with him, and you have a group that obviously the top three guys have played together for a long time, and then guys like come on, like useful role players who have been for, around for a long time. Like the reason they're great is because of their continuity and because of Steph Curry being one of the three best players in the world or whatever. Um, we but, could we could we could argue that you and I, but we'll but do it another, I, maybe I think, later this summer. But I think the Heat, like, you know, there's, there's a lesson to be learned from that. It, you know, like, if if LeBron stayed with the Heat and they were just, like, we're kind of building around the same way that the Warriors did with Steph, like, would he have more rings than he does right now? He might it because that stuff really matters. Um, and we're in an era right now where that stuff matters even more because – you're not seeing a Warriors or right. a an all-time Hattie. great team. Yeah, 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 and and to speak to your point about parity, 
you could argue that injuries, you know, it's simplistic, but really help decide who's in the finals right now. Like these two teams are two of the best teams in the NBA, but Golden State played a Memphis team without John Morant, right? Right. Dallas beat a team against, you know, a Phoenix Suns team that Chris Paul was obviously not. I'm, I'm not giving any excuses to Chris Paul. I mean, he was dealing with something. He, it was like so uncharacteristic of him those two yeah, yeah. Those games. Um, and then the Heat, I mean, the, the Celtics beat the Bucks without Chris Middleton. And the, you know so, the, the two teams they beat on the way to the finals, both were missing their number two scorer. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not I'm not discrediting these two teams, like, but he got a couple games without Joel Embiid, like. Yeah, yeah, he got two games without Joel Embiid, and Joel Embiid wasn't 100 percent even when we returned. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, a lot of it because. The, the, you know the team; these teams are so close. It comes down to health at this point of the season. Yeah, and you know, Gary Payton the third is that what he is? Is that? Is that yeah, is that? okay. Two. Uh, yeah, the Two. second. Sorry, uh, I know he's there with an injury and he missed. You know, he's missed a lot of playoffs, but for the most part, Golden State's been healthy. And Boston's dealing with their own injuries with Robert Williams and now Marcus Smart, but they're top. For the most part, they're top. Healthy, yeah. Their top two guys have been healthy, and and that's really been the difference, I think. Yeah. The Mitten is what they call Gary Payton, the second. That's a great nickname. I love it. Yeah, one of the all-time great yeah. nicknames. Next is uh, Slim Reaper. Next is Slim Reaper is still my favorite. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously you're always looking for ways to, like, marginally upgrade. Yeah. But like you said, unless there's a, a, a B.L. Lillard, a Donovan Mitchell out there, like, now you're kind of just shuffling pieces in, and you never know if the guy you replace a guy with is going to be better than the guy you, you replace. Like, yeah. they're, they're, they're a continuity has a lot of value, um, and I think I think Jimmy, in, in a lot of ways, he's obviously an extremely different player than Steph Curry, but in a lot of ways, I think the, the like way he – Steph is like kind of a culture unto himself, and I think Jimmy, in a lot of ways, is too, where like, if you play with Jimmy Butler, it's like hard not to play as hard as him, and, and hard not to like embrace the, the grind, the defensive identity that he does, in the same way that when you play with Steph Curry – it's hard not to run around off the ball and hard not to want to like try to make the spectacular play. And it's hard not, you know, it's hard to, to feel like you can't shoot from 35 feet, right? Like they, they, they are, they're extremely different, but I think they're that same sort of um, imposing personality, um, dominant personality in, again, very different ways that I think building around them and having guys that you know really fit with them, right? That was the Warriors problem. A lot of the recent, really last year was, Kelly Oubre didn't fit with Steph Curry. You don't mm. want you know you know the guys you have around Jimmy Butler right now can pretty much gel with Jimmy Butler. You don't want to take a flyer on a guy and all of a sudden like he can't stand him because we know that happened with Jimmy sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I, I look the the Heat made a mistake a few years ago when they let Jay Crowder walk. Um, we, we talked about it for the yeah. entire next season. I I just I think they'll find a way to get to bring PJ back. I think they'll find I think they'll try to prioritize Victor. They have a draft pick that if they keep could help, you know, add some youth to the roster. And I can't wait to do our draft preview show. You're, you're going to lead that one. Um, I and forgot until like two weeks ago that the Heat had a pick. Yeah. I think they I just kind of assume every year that they don't have one. <laughs> I think they forgot they have a pick. Um, and they could trade it. I mean, it's eligible to be traded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not for sure. But, yeah, I just – I think it makes sense right now – given all the circumstances and who's available and who's not available, that most of the team returns. Again, I you know, I think they'll be in the back end of the roster. There will be changes, um, maybe with a few new faces as far as veterans, but 
Kyle Guy will be like the next uh, next Max Struess or next something. Developmental guy, yeah. Um, Hayward Highsmith, right? Yeah, Maybe like yeah. I mean, um, but someone yeah, will just, show up in training camp next year, and all of a sudden we'll be like, "Is this guy going to be in the rotation?" Right. Is this guy going to be starting the in, in the NBA Finals in a few months? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I again, I think my my first my first thought early offseason thought is this team is going to pretty much run it back. Mm-hmm. We'll probably get a better sense of that uh, in the next week or so. Pat Riley will do his end-of-season availability. Uh, we, we assume at some point here. Um, so we'll, we'll come back after – we'll come back next week, definitely, after that, um, and break down – do dive a little bit more into an off-season preview. I do want to talk about the Beal possibility because that's the one that I, I can't stop thinking about because I'm not sure if Washington wants to keep – necessarily mm-hmm. on that big old contract. Um, so that, that's the one that, that's got my eye. Um, but, yeah, I'll be really interested to see what Pat Riley has to say about this team um, because, you know, like you said, this was this was a team that, even honestly, even more than the, the finals, the team that made the finals, this one feels like it, it was close. Because I think that, that Lakers team was very good when you had LeBron and, and AD. Like, they had the two best players on the court in that series like in this series the heat had the best player on the court i think and um in the finals they probably would have the second best player on the court so like they they feel closer really than they have i think at any point since the big three broke up and uh, i'll be interested to see what pat riley's perspective on that is yeah and the difference is it was just sustained success over the regular season too like that that heat team in 2020 not saying it was a fluke but in the regular season they were the five seed like yeah, it's yeah. kind of surprising that like they the even made that run. Thing is like a way overplayed at this point, but like you know, there is yeah. something too where they were really well equipped for that, all that kind yeah. of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. But this year they just they it was they were consistent all year, like consistently the best team yeah. in the East for most of the season. Uh, so I think that plays a role in it too. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, any final thoughts on uh, this season? No. Any fun, big, that... funny, any fun plans? Um, my three week off season before the draft in yeah. summer league. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna live it up these three weeks. It's just yeah. incredible. Like when it, when a team goes this far into the playoffs, how short the off season seems. Yeah, what the draft is like. I think the finals June 23rd. June 23rd. Yeah, and and then the draft agency like starts June like June 30th, pretty much. The, what's the draft? June. June 23rd. Oh, the, yeah. So the finals yeah. can finish. I think June 19th would be yeah, June 7th. Yeah. And then June 23rd would be the draft, and then free agency, and then and summer league. Summer league. I don't think I'm going to be making it to summer league this year, unfortunately. You don't want to like be playing blackjack with uh, Desmond Bain, off-season break, uh, playoff breakout star. <laughs> Taught him everything That's he true. knows about that elbow jump shot. Yeah, there you go. That was fun. We you should come out just so we can do another episode from uh, a Vegas hotel room. Yeah, I mean, I I had a great time in summer league last year. I, I just I just, I got too you know I'm that age. I'm, I'm 30. I got all those weddings this summer. Yeah, like I get it. I get it. Busy time. That's but, fair. Yeah, so you're gonna be uh, spending a lot of time at Club Live over the next uh, three weeks until the draft. Is that the plan? Yeah, just I'll only step out of Club Live to do this podcast. That's yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I'm just I'm gonna go back right after we're done. All right, all right. Uh, Thanks, as always, for listening. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, you got heat stuff probably still coming over the next few days, I would guess, right? You had something to go up today. Or yeah, you know, uh, today, days. yeah. I, I, on Wednesday, was, you can listen to this Thursday probably, but uh-huh. posted on Wednesday's story, just kind of 
Eric Spolcher and Max Struess explaining the Heat's three-point drop-off, which I think yeah. was... Yeah, we didn't really talk a lot about that in the opening segment because there yeah. were so many other storylines, but well, just quick, what's the teaser? What what happened? Well, I, you know, Spo made it seem like it was overplayed, which, you know, because he's like, you know, we still came within one shot of the, of the finals, right. which is true, but... If they would have shot just like thirty three percent instead of thirty percent of threes, it was all playoffs too, right? It wasn't just the competition. no, it wasn't. They shot thirty. I think they shot thirty percent in the East Finals, like thirty one percent in the playoffs, and they shot almost thirty eight percent in the regular season. Um, some of that's just guys who were playing, like Victor Oladipo, right? Like Duncan didn't play Jimmy. a lot. Yeah, and and Tyler wasn't playing as much as he did in the regular season. But some of it was also just like Max Schuess, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, Gabe Vincent shot a lot worse than they did in the regular mm-hmm. season in the playoffs. So it's a combination of the two things, obviously better defenses. Um, and Max Schuh said that it was just teams were more prepared, obviously, in the playoffs, and it took away different actions and shots that they had become accustomed to. Um, so it was a combination of factors, but it was just pretty – to me, it was just one of the biggest storylines in the playoffs, how right. they shot basically eight, per, eight percentage points worse than from three. Yeah, I think most like, teams' three-point percentage probably yeah. got the playoffs, so that was extreme. But that's a big one. Yeah, it's a big one. And the fact they even went that far, again, when shooting that poorly, uh, says a lot about the defense and, and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, got anything else coming the rest of the week, or just just waiting for uh for Riley? Well, actually, I have a story on Jimmy coming up Thursday, and then okay. I'll have a full roster player by player breakdown coming uh, Friday or this weekend, which will probably be about five thousand words. So look out for that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome! Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson too. Um, I'm 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 trying to figure out things to do a little bit now these these next few days. I had all my vacation plan for July, like I mentioned. All of a sudden, we got no basketball. We got no hockey. Um, back back to some Miami podcast with baseball getting started, I guess. But uh, I'm all over the place these days, but but less all over the place than I usually am. So um, thanks, as always, for listening. Like we said, we'll be back uh, next week, probably a couple more times, I would guess, in June. Yeah. As we uh, head up to the draft, obviously, free agency stuff. Maybe we'll check in on the finals, uh, depending how it goes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, finals thanks. pick. Finals pick before we go. Uh, Golden State in six. I say Celtics in six. We'll see. I'm the staff guy. But I, I have no idea. Like, there's kind of like a – obviously, they're like the salty Heat fans are like Golden State in five or whatever coming out of this. But, like, I don't know. Golden State I'm, – I'm torn on Golden State because, you know, the first month of the season, they were the best team in the league. I think people kind of forget that, that before all yeah. those injuries, they were, like, awesome. Um, so maybe that's just what they are again, but at the same time, I think the East, I think the East was way better than the West this year. So, yeah, uh, I think the gauntlet that Boston went through, obviously it looked a lot harder for them to get out of the East than it did for Golden State to get out of the West. But I think that's more about the competition that they face than the quality, uh, of their team. But I'm going to still go Golden State because I'm a Steph guy. Celtics and six. So we'll, we'll talk about this in a few weeks to see who's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we will uh, talk to you guys next week. <laughs>